You'll never make it as a wandering generality. You must become a meaningful specific. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, we have Zig Ziglar again. And he is talking to us about setting goals and how goals are very important for our life. And that if we want to accomplish anything in our life, we actually have to have goals. It's a great talk. I hope you enjoy Zig Ziglar. I want to talk a little bit about goals on the line of how do you lose 37 pounds and write a book. I'm just going to kind of give you that as an example. For 24 years of my adult life, by choice, I weighed well over 200 pounds. I say by choice because, you see, I have never accidentally eaten anything. <laughs> I mean, it's always been deliberate. And when I choose to eat too much today, I have chosen to weigh too much tomorrow. You can choose to set goals and realize your potential, or you can choose not to set them. Now, if you choose not to set them, you got to understand that the consequences are not going to be good down the road. For 24 years, I was going to lose that weight. As a matter of fact, in 24 years, I lost several thousand pounds of weight. How many of you already know exactly what I'm talking about? But it wasn't until I wrote it down, put a date on it, listed the obstacles I had to overcome, identified the people, the groups, the organizations I needed to work with, spelled out a plan of action, set that time limit in there, and identified all of the benefits to me. It was only when I did that that the goal became a reality, and I lost the weight. For 10 or 15 years, I was going to write a book. You know anybody who's going to do just a whole lot of things, folks? I was going to write a book. But it wasn't until I got busy writing the book and writing the plans first before the book ever materialized. Now, if it sounds like I'm trying to sell you on having goals, how many of you are getting close already? How many of you are becoming convinced right quick like that you need to have those goals? There's no question about it. The immortal J.C. Penney many, many years ago said, give me a stock clerk with a goal and I'll give you a man who will make history. But give me a man without a goal and I'll give you a stock clerk. Now, the interesting thing is goals do not care who has them. Let me give you a classic example of the way they work. In 1950, a war-torn, devastated Japan, a nation which had lost an incredibly high percentage of its young men, their cities were in ruins, they had been bombed out, but in 1950, they got together, they meaning industry and government, got together and set a goal. The goal was we're going to be the number one nation in the world during the 1950s in the production of textiles. In 1959, ladies and gentlemen, they accomplished that objective. In 1960, they set another goal. We're going to be the number one nation in the world in the production of steel. Now, when you understand there's no iron ore in Japan of any significance, there's no coal of any significance there, we're going to be the number one nation in the world in the production of steel, it seemed like an absurd goal, and yet they reached their objectives. They had taken all of the steps. In 1970, the Japanese set another goal. They said during the 70s, we'll be the number one nation in the world in the production of automobiles. 
They missed it, folks. One year. It took them until 1980. In 1980, they set another goal. And this time their goal was, we're going to be the number one nation in the world in the production of computers and electronics. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely must have those goals. You got to write them down. You got to put a date on it. You got to identify those obstacles. You've got to identify the people, the groups you need to work with. You got to find out what it is you need to know. You got to develop a plan of action and you got to write it down what's in it for me now that's a formula that i have just given you pure and simple i was raised in a little town of yazoo city mississippi now i know that a lot of folks go around the country trying to impress people by claiming to be from yazoo city uh, <laughs> but i really am now when i was a boy during the depression we lived next door to some rich folks i knew they were rich for two reasons number one they had a cook number two the cook had something to cook and uh, during the Depression, that was a sure sign of wealth. I was over there for lunch one day as I tried to be every day. And now don't misunderstand that. Even though there was a Depression on, we certainly had plenty to eat at my house. I know we had plenty because if they ever passed my place for seconds, they'd always tell me, no, you've had plenty. So I know we had plenty. Now the cook brought the biscuits out, and this is not an exaggeration. Those biscuits were not as thick as my wristwatch. And I looked at her for a moment. I said, Maud, what in the world happened to your biscuits? She reared back, gave a big old tummy laugh, and said, well, I'll tell you about those biscuits. She said they squatted to rise. But she said they just got cooked in the squat. <laughs> You know anybody that's getting cooked in the squat? <laughs> you know anybody who's going to do something just as soon as, or they're half a mind to do such and such a thing? You ever have anybody say, well, you know, wait till the kids get out of school and then I'll really get involved in this project. We got so many things going on right now. Wait till they're out of school. Wait till summertime comes and then I'll really get busy. The kids get out of school. You know what they say then? Well, you know, I didn't realize it, but I got to take the kids somewhere every day. I had more time when they were in school. Wait till they get back in school and then I'll really get busy. Kids get back in school. You know what they say then? Well, you know, for the first time in 19 years, dear old Central High's finally got a winning football team, and you got to support the kids there. Well, after the football season is over, then I'll really get busy. Football season then, you know what they say then? Well, here it is, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, and people don't want to be bothered with this sort of thing this time of year. Well, after the first of the year, man, then I'll really get busy. After the first of the year, you know what they say? Well, it's the weather. Did, did, did you ever see weather like this in Chicago or San Francisco or Dallas or wherever? Wait till the weather settles down and then I'll really get busy. Oh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I've lost interest in it, but that's not the way I do things. Let me take the way I do things now. Here's the way I am. This is just the way I do it. The way I do things is I get everything organized. I get it lined up. I have everything in just such and such order. And then, man, once I get it all put together, that's when I really get after it. I mean, that's just the way. I've always been that way. Do things that way. I know some of these other folks are hitting me right now, but you just wait. I'll catch them. But this weather, it is just so horrible. Wait till it clears up. And the weather clears up. You know what they say then? Well, here it is. It's Easter time. And Easter time, you know, that's a family time. And we always spend a lot of time together. And you said so yourself. The family family is extremely important to you. You do the work for the family, and if you can't spend some time with them, you might as well not do all of the work. I mean, wait till after Easter's over, then I'll really get busy. And then after Easter, you know what they say? 
at long last, we've got some beautiful weather. And I haven't hit a golf ball or wet a hook and I don't know when. Man, I got to have some R&R. I got to have some rest and relaxation. And you know, you said you can't work all the time. I mean, an individual needs some time with themselves. Wait till I relax a little bit and man, then I'll really get after it. And finally, they get after it a little bit, you know, or when they have the fun and relaxation, then they say, well, it's almost time for the kids to get out of school. <laughs> and that's where we came in. As we say down home, folks, you can put this in your pipe and smoke it because it's the truth. The people who wait for Aunt Matilda to move out or John to get on the day shift or the new models to come out or the new mayor to come in or for the new advertising campaign to get started. The people who wait on the new senator in Washington are until inflation slows or the rate of interest come down. The people who wait for changes to take place out there before they do the changing in here are flat going to end up getting cooked in the squat. <laughs> the rule is simple. You do it now. You do it now. You see, the basic problem is most people, when they're working on their job, they get to thinking, you know, I really ought to be spending time at home with my family. And then when they're at home with the family, they get to thinking, you really ought to be out there working for my family. And so when they're out there working for the family, their mind is back home. And when they're back home, their mind is back out there in the field. And then they tell everybody, well, I don't ever have time to do anything. No wonder you're always traveling. <laughs> You see, the basic problem is not lack of time, it is lack of direction. We all have exactly the same amount of time, whether we're a millionaire or a pauper. All of us have 24 hours every single day. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, we must have goals if we're going to do anything. Goals do a lot of things. For example, they enable you to chase the blues away. I've never known anybody who was truly depressed who had specific and long-range goals. And what goals do is they create activity. And you see, activity, as you work towards reaching them, creates the very excitement which you need in order to accomplish or reach your objectives. The psychologist put it this way, logic will not change an emotion, but action will. And as you get busy working towards these dreams of yours, and yes, you absolutely must have your dreams, ladies and gentlemen, and what we're going to do is look at the ways you build a foundation underneath those dreams. Several years ago, they did an experiment with a number of college students. And in this particular experiment, they let them go to sleep, and they hooked these brain machines up to them. With these brain machines, they could determine precisely within a matter of seconds when the student went to sleep. Then they could tell when that student started to dream. And as the student would start to dream, they would awaken him or her. And then they'd let them go back to sleep, and that is no problem. But when they started to dream, they would awaken them again. And with those brainwave machines, they can tell exactly when they start to dream. At the end of one night of this kind of treatment, many of the students were nervous and fidgety. At the end of uh, two nights of this kind of treatment, where they had a reasonable amount of sleep, but no dreaming, they became very irritable and very short and very cross. At the end of just three nights of a reasonable amount of sleep, 
but no dreaming, they could tell that some of them were headed for some psychological difficulties. And so what they did was they aborted the experiment. Now, about 24 hours later, most of the students were back to normal. Within a week, all of them had returned 100%. But the experiment proved something very conclusively, and that's this. When you're asleep, ladies and gentlemen, you need your dreams. I'm here to tell you that when you're wide awake, you also need your dreams. You must have your goals. You'll never make it as a wandering generality. You must become a meaningful specific. If you're going to work tomorrow because that's what you did yesterday, you're not going to be as good tomorrow as you were yesterday because now you're two days older and no closer to the goal which you do not have. You can't make it as a wandering generality. Most people understand you got to become a meaningful specific. It reminds me of an experiment done some little while ago by Jean-Henri Fabre, the great French naturalist. He took a number of processionary caterpillars, so named because they follow each other in a procession, and he lined them around a flower pot until they formed a never-ending circle. And they started going round and round 24 hours that first day. And then they went the next day and the next, and by the, about the third or the fourth day, he put some pine needles into the center of that flower pot. That's the food of the processionary caterpillar. They kept going round and round, seven full days and seven full nights. They went round and round until they literally drop dead from starvation and exhaustion. With an abundance of food less than six inches away, they had starved to death because they confused activity with accomplishment. You've got some friends that are in the same shape. They're busy, busy, busy all the time. They're going, 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 and they're here and they're there and they're somewhere else, but they never really accomplish anything because they don't have those specific, clearly identifiable objectives. You've got to have those goals. That was Zig Ziglar, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Zig Ziglar, Setting Goals and Achieving Them. You can also find out more information about him at his website, zigziglar.com. That is all I have for you today. I just encourage you to go out and set some amazing goals, and I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.